Welcome to another Possum University Small Bite. When disaster strikes, the time to prepare has passed. Will you and your pets be ready? With the Atlantic hurricane season well underway and shaping up to become the most active on record, it's time we talk about natural disaster preparedness for your pets. Every successful pet disaster plan includes three phases, before an emergency, during the emergency, and after the emergency. When putting together your plan, consider the types of disasters most likely to affect where you live. Are you on the Atlantic seaboard, the heart of Tornado Alley, on top of a fault line? You'll likely already know what disasters you and your family may face. Before an emergency, while severe storms like hurricanes give warning, disasters like tornadoes and earthquakes happen quickly, with little to no warning. The time to be prepared is now. Your pets should always have up-to-date tags and microchips. If your pet isn't microchipped, please make an appointment with your vet to get this done. Microchips are affordable, sometimes less than $20, sometimes free when they're doing a microchip clinic. They're safe. They're incredibly valuable for reuniting you and your pet if they ever go missing. And if you ever need to update your pet's microchip information, check out our instructional video on YouTube. The link will be in the show notes, or you could just go to Paulson University's YouTube and look for how to update your pet's microchip information. Make sure you have a leash with a collar or harness or a pet carrier accessible and ready in a moment's notice. Keep a pet seatbelt in your vehicle to be used with a harness. Do you have a disaster kit? A disaster kit should include everything your pet will need for at least two weeks. Your pet's disaster kit should include water, food, and a can opener for canned food, medications, and I recommend to see if your vet will consider filling a two-week emergency supply in advance to be stored in your kit. Depending on what medication your pet's on, they may be able to do this for you. Bowls for food and water, veterinary records like rabies certification, a medication list, medical summary, a vaccination list, and then you're going to want to have proof of ownership. That could be adoption papers or your municipal registration. Microchip number and name of registry. If you don't know the name of the registry, that's okay. We could always find that out, but it's important you have your microchip number. Your contact information, as well as an emergency contact, could be next to kin, a neighbor that you trust, somebody that authorities can get a hold of if they do get custody of your animal. And recent photos. Whose camera roll isn't filled with them? But just in case, make sure you have recent photos of your pets. This can be used for all kinds of things from identification if you need to make a lost pet poster or another form of proof of ownership. If you have an animal control officer out in the field, a lot of times they'll just ask you, pull up your camera roll, show me a picture of this dog, and that's all they need for proof of ownership. And I highly recommend all these sensitive documents. They should be photocopies and keep them in a like a Ziploc freezer bag, something that can protect them from water damage. And then it's always good to have a backup leash, preferably a slip lead or an English lead practice using these practice on your animals if you have a dog practice on your dog this is really valuable whether it's your dog's collar breaks their harness breaks or you encounter another dog a stray dog and you need to lasso them up you can use your slip lead it doesn't require a collar to clip to it's the collar and leash in one and we recommend a baskerville muzzle an injured or scared dog is way more likely to bite you regardless of the relationship you have with them so make sure they're properly desensitized to the muzzle and god forbid they get injured you have the muzzle to keep you safe. And then, of course, duty happens. So make sure you have poop bags, a litter box and litter if you have cats, and a pet first aid kit. There's some available online, but it's probably way cheaper to build your own. And it's very similar to what you're going to be using in a human first aid kit. So maybe just add some items to your own first aid kit for your pet. But we recommend gauze rolls, gauze pads, 
non-adherent pads, which are special types of gauze pads that won't adhere to a wound, so they're easily removed. They won't pull your pet's hair off. They won't you know, cause any further pain. And then a self-adherent wrap. You're going to wrap that over the gauze pads to keep them in place. This way you don't have to mess around with medical tape or anything. Just a, a self-adherent wrap will get the job done. Chlorhexidine disinfectant. You can get this online. It's a really good disinfectant. It's a blue solution and it works on all types of uh, bacteria and it's very good in a pinch. Antibiotic ointment. Styptic bleed stop powder. That's great for broken nails, minor cuts. We were on the road once and Oakley had got a cut on his ear and we were able to stop the bleeding almost immediately. Ear cuts bleed a lot, by the way. So it's always good to have styptic powder in your first aid kit. Tweezers, in case they get something stuck in their paw, tweezers are great for getting them out. We get a lot of sticky balls in the weeds where, where we live. They get stuck between their paws and they are very, very painful and you need tweezers to get them out. So tweezers are great to have in your first aid kit. Trauma shears, which are basically just scissors with a blunt end on them so you can't accidentally stab. Those are great for removing a bandage, for cutting short gauze rolls if you don't need to use the whole roll, or to cut short your self-adherent wrap if you don't need to use the whole wrap. Benadryl, that's great for allergic reactions, but it should be administered as directed by your vet. 3% hydrogen peroxide with an oral syringe to induce vomiting, again as directed by your vet. An ice pack disposable sterile gloves, and a quality pet first aid manual that includes pet CPR. And then, of course, the last thing you should have in your disaster kit is the Possum University Disaster Kit Checklist, which is available for download free, possumuniversity.com, or just go to the show notes, and you can download it there, and you can check it off as you're going. It'll also have some valuable information as far as hotlines that you can call. Uh, God forbid you need further assistance. After your disaster kit is assembled, you need to make a plan should you be evacuated from your home. Many disaster evacuation centers, like those set up by the Red Cross, do not allow pets. And now is the time to talk with family or friends who are well acquainted with your pets to see if they're willing to take them in should you be displaced. Contact local animal shelters, preferably outside your respective evacuation zone, to see if they provide sheltering for pets displaced by natural disasters. Many large shelters will set up temporary shelters immediately before and after large storms. Your veterinarian may also utilize their building as a shelter, so check with them as well. Do you plan to evacuate far from your home? Familiarize yourself with the emergency vets in that area should you need them while displaced. If all else fails, you can find pet-friendly accommodations from booking sites like bringfido.com. Alternatively, you can call 877-411-FIDO, F-I-D-O. There's also dogfriendly.com. You can call 888-281-5170. Petswelcome.com doginmysuitcase.com, and tripswithpets.com. If your situation is like ours, when we lose power, we also lose cell service. So we can only make phone calls. We can't get text messages, can't go on the internet. So it's good to have those numbers ready just in case you know you're not going to be able to get onto the internet to get to those websites. Are you an essential employee? Consider arranging for a friend, family member, or pet sitter to check up on your pet during the storm and provide them with your disaster kit should they need to evacuate your pet. Let's talk about during the emergency. You've prepared as best as you can, your disaster kit is ready, your pet's microchip is up to date, and you've just learned a life-threatening storm will soon affect your area. Most often, you'll be advised to shelter in place. Designate a safe room with as little windows and doors to the outside as possible. Have an exit strategy and keep all the necessities nearby. Close off small spaces where frightened pets may try to hide. Plan to be evacuated, because every good plan has a plan B. If the threat to life is severe enough, you will be told to evacuate. Now is the time to make phone calls to find accommodations for your pet. 
Do you have a friend or family member designated to take custody of your pet? Let them know you've been displaced and make sure they're still willing to help. If you're relying on a local evacuation shelter, call your local Office of Emergency Management to see if pets are even allowed. Did your vet or local shelter step to the plate? If you're out of options, call Red Rover at 800-440-3277 or visit redrover.org. Red Rover shelters animals displaced by natural disasters in the United States and Canada. Should your pet be injured during an emergency, take extreme caution when handling them. Even the sweetest dog will bite when scared and in pain. Gently apply your dog's muzzle that you have in your disaster kit and provide praise throughout the process. Again, it's important that they're desensitized to the muzzle because this is already going to be scary for them. Administer first aid as directed by your vet, by your handbook, or any previous formal training that you've received. After the emergency, natural disasters bring various environmental hazards such as damaged trees, downed power lines, stagnant water that may be harboring bacteria, and sharp debris. Keep yourself and your dog away from these hazards. If you were evacuated, perform a sweep of your home to ensure no hazards exist, such as sharp objects or exposed electrical wiring. Monitor your pet for signs of stress or illness following a traumatic event such as this. I hope you never need to experience this, but if your pet goes missing, start with contacting your local police department and shelter. Let them know you're looking for your pet, provide them a description of your pet and your contact info. Then call your pet's microchip company. Let them know your pet is missing. Oftentimes, they'll generate a missing pet flyer and email it to you. Utilize your community's Facebook groups. Share your pet's information, or if you're able to get that missing pet flyer, share it right to your community's Facebook page with your contact information as soon as you can. And of course, when the dust settles, perform a recheck of your disaster kit. Update information as needed and replenish stock. Nothing is guaranteed, but I hope this guide helps you prepare for the unknown and keep your family safe and out of harm's way. Our hearts are with everyone affected by Hurricane Laura in Louisiana. Stay strong and take care of each other. Until next week, class dismissed.